Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
JM in the AM. It's Simcha Liner and Home. Before that, Tfilot Shabbat medley done by Micha Gammerman. Joey Newcomb had the um, Hakola Tova on a Bekoach done by Yehuda Green. Regesh. Someone recently got me back into Regesh volume number three, as reflected by the uh, Shalom Aleichem, the curry bone that we played this morning. <laughs> in fact, the person who got me into Regesh three, somebody from the very, very young generation who was discussing with me just how uh, great those songs were and are. And boy, are they right. And of course, Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this 8th of July, the ninth day in the month of Tammuz. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas, at least outside of Israel. We read Chukas with candle lighting time at 8.09 on this Erev Shabbos. 8.09 is the official candle lighting time in the New York area. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are and make sure that you know when things start where you are, depending on where in the world you are. And I thank those who have uh, taken us along on their vacation, on their trip, on their July adventure. Not very difficult to take us along. We're literally in your phone. You press the button and you're listening to JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Yeah, it's really as simple as that. Broadcasting today from our makeshift uh, New York City studio, not the... uh, not the space that we hope again will be our permanent space, but our makeshift studio in New York City. And um, yeah, 99% of the time over the last few weeks we've been in our Teaneck studio, but today we decided to go with Manhattan. Uh, listener Morris says, good morning, Nahum. The Arab Shabbos show was amazing and really got me in the mood. Only 14 hours till, I guess he means Shabbat. Can you continue and play great cats, Zusha, Yehuda Green type music? Have a great show and Shabbos. Thank you, listener Morris. We did get some Yehuda Green into the first uh, half hour. And, um, yeah, that era of Shabbos show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It is one amazing way to get ready for Shabbos. 7 p.m. on Thursday night, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Friday. Here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and boy, it is amazing. Listener Tikva says Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Um... Ah, listener Mensch remembers James Kahn, who passed away at the age of 82, and says he was also a Kohen. Wow. That's something I didn't know. I did see a picture of James Kahn, the great actor, donning Tfilin at the Kotel. Uh, went back a few years, maybe five, six years ago in that area. Yeah, pretty cool, frankly, pretty cool. Jam in the AM Friday, a big day, of course, here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We have our... Uh, Divrei Torah, Harry Rothenberg, and Rabbi Yudin will speak about the uh, Torah portion of the week. In this case, Chukas outside of Israel. Uh, we will um, we will speak to Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Lots going on, as you would suspect. So we'll talk about all that stuff coming up. And... Um, we're here until 9 a.m. with a J.M. and A.M. Friday. Making sure that everybody out there is uh, getting into the mood for a wonderful Shabbos. Uh, Matis hosts J.M. Sunday this coming Sunday. That starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. I've run me with Saturday Night Seagull with Harry Eliezer's Wickler tomorrow night. That starts at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, amazing programming all day long. We'll go through the schedule and remind everybody why it is so, so 
uh, worthwhile tuning in and staying tuned in to JM and the AM all through your Friday. Yeah. Trust me. It is a um, a very, very good recommendation on our part. <laughs> Anyway, more coming up. Thanks for keeping it here at the Nahum Single Network at JM and the AM. And we will continue. Let's see what we have here. We'll continue with this selection from Barry Weber on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. Oh, do we have Barry Weber? Um, I thought we had. There we go. There's Barry Weber on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM and the AM.
It is a love. It is a Mm-hmm. 
JM in the AM with Yoni Z. Bowie Vishalom is that one here at JM in the AM. I was told that actually I saw, in addition to um, hearing it directly from him, that uh, he had the opportunity to be at a simcha this week, which is wonderful after his accident and everything. Keep getting uh, stronger and stronger, Yoni Z, and uh, Kola Kavod for working hard to get back on that stage. Uh, Yoni Z with Bowie. You heard Aisha's Heil done by uh, Mordechai Shapiro. Barry Weber had Ritzon Borenu. JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting at 8.09 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It is a, a July Friday. It's a summer Friday. And in addition to there being different candle lighting times around the world, a lot of neighborhoods, communities, synagogues begin earlier because it is Dafka this time of year. So keep that in mind as we... Get ready for Shabbos. As I told you, our weekend programming is all set with Matis this coming Sunday on JM Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. Later today, you'll enjoy Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And our Arab Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. There is no better way to prepare for Shabbos. All the way until candle lighting time. Malcolm Honline is going to join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Do the weekly update in the 7 o'clock hour. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Grilling season is very, very serious. Very, very much in full swing right now. Make sure you have plenty of A&H hot dogs in your fridge and freezer. Especially this, you know, next Sunday's a fast day. This Sunday it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a very active grilling season. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more old-world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO and try A&H today. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Don't forget our friends at ArtScroll.com give you a major discount and free shipping when you use promo code RADIO. Go to ArtScroll.com. Thousands of titles available to you. Go to ArtScroll.com and enjoy all the new titles, including the Zerashim Shonashis Chayel, done by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. And all the traditional titles as well. There are so many to take advantage of. Make sure to use promo code RADIO for your major discount and your free shipping. Artscroll.com, you know the rule. Always use promo code RADIO. All right. Harry Rothenberg com- uh, coming up. Or by Yudin in hour number three with our uh, discussion about Parsha's Chukas. We do read Chukas outside of Israel this week. And that's why we are emphasizing Chukas. That's what we read in the diaspora. Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for our Friday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. Galait Sal, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Ran Kurzi, Mashikor Achshav. 
ראש הממשלה יאיר לפיד ויושב ראש הרשות הפלסטינית מחמוד עבאס שוחחו בטלפון לפני זמן קצר. אבו מאזן בירך את לפיד על כניסתו לתפקיד וראש הממשלה בירך את יושב ראש הרשות לרגל חג הקורבן. השניים שוחחו על המשך שיתוף הפעולה והצורך להבטיח שקט ורגיעה. השיחה הייתה חלק מסבב שיחות עם מנהיגים ערבים לרגל חג הקורבן ולקראת ביקור הנשיא ביידן באזור בשבוע הבא. כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין מוסר שלפיד תמיד אמר שאין לו בעיה עקרונית לדבר עם אבו מאזן, אבל כשיש סיבה וכשצריך לדבר. וביקור ביידן וחג הקורבן הן הסיבות. ובתוך כך גם נשיא המדינה יצחק הרצוג התקשר היום לראש הרשות הפלסטינית לרגל החג ואיחל לו, למשפחתו, לעמו ולכל עמי האזור חג שמח. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש מזכיר כי הלילה נפגש שר הביטחון בני גנץ עם אבו מאזן ברמאללה והשניים סיכמו להמשיך בתיאום הביטחוני בין ישראל לרשות לקראת ביקור ביידן. נקבע מותו של ראש ממשלת יפן לשעבר שינזו אבה שנורה הבוקר במהלך נאום. כתב חדשות החוץ עמית קלדרון מוסר כי אבה נורה מעט לפני שש בבוקר שעון ישראל בעיר נארה במערב המדינה ומת מפצעיו בבית החולים. אבה כיהן כשמונה שנים כראש ממשלה עד לפני כשנתיים. הרוצח, גבר כבן 42 וחייל לשעבר, ירה בו מאחור באמצעות רובה ציד מאולתר. בחקירתו במשטרה אמר שכעס על אבה ועל מדיניותו והחליט להרוג אותו. תינוקת בת 11 חודשים נמצאה במצב אנוש וללא הכרה לאחר שטבעה באמבטיה בביתה שבבית שמש. כתבתנו בבירה יערה אברהם מוסיפה כי צוותי מגן דוד אדום שהגיעו למקום ביצעו בפעוטה פעולות החייה ופינו אותה לבית החולים הדסה עין כרם בירושלים. המשטרה פתחה בחקירת נסיבות האירוע. שני בני אדם אובחנו כחולי עכברת לאחר שביקרו בנחל הזקי ובסחנה, כך מעדכן משרד הבריאות. כתבתנו לענייני בריאות, טל אור מאירסון מציינת כי במספר נחלים נוספים בצפון, בהם החצבני, הירדן, היהודיה והג'ילבון, נמצאו תוצאות חריגות בדגימות מים שערכו פקחי רשות הטבע והגנים, וכי הכניסה אליהם עשויה להיות מסוכנת. מזג האוויר, הכבדה בעומס החום בהרים ובפנים הארץ. ולסיום, גל של לידות בערב חג הקורבן נולדו בבית החולים הצרפתי בנצרת לא פחות מ-18 תינוקות חדשים ומתוקים ב-24 שעות, והם יהפכו את החג להרבה יותר שמח למשפחות המאושרות. מזל טוב, אלה החדשות. Okay, 
fate of all mankind no one can avoid the bustle and the grind rushing to meetings closing the deal on the phone on the road buying selling spinning wheels it's easy to lose balance chasing money and success but there's a special treasure with which we have been blessed and as each day passes joy fills the air waiting for the moment to stand up and declare baruch hashem it shabbos heiliget hayeshabbos in the candles glow and the shamos grow baruch hashem it shabbos baruch hashem For six days every week We work hard and struggle Just to make ends meet But once out of seven We all become kings Who greet Shabbos Amalco By rising up to sing When I hear the boss, I jump To shop or go to school I'm always parking by a pump But all of the worry Goes down the drain When my wife and children join me In singing the refrain
this is the day we get to catch our breath making sure our lives have purpose with meaning and with depth Hashem loves us knows just what we need so let these words be on the lips of every single yid There we go. Jam the Am with Journeys from volume number five with Baruch Hashem et Shabbos. Here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chukas. Again, Parshas Chukas outside of Israel. Candle lighting 809. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Hope you're doing fine and dandy on this Friday, Erev Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline's going to join us. We'll do the weekly update. Plenty more here on a Friday, as you would suspect. Coming up at 9 o'clock. My gosh. Uh, Naomi Nachman has an amazing table for two, brand new. We'll go through the lineup for that show coming up. Also at 10 o'clock, it's Mark Zamek with the Erev Shabbos show, brought to you by the amazing people at Kedem. Uh, Erev Shabbos music mix all day long here at the Nachum Siegel Network. No better way to prepare for Shabbos than with us. Simple as that. Harry Rothenberg has uh, some words regarding Parsha Shukas. Here he is at JM in the AM. I'm filming this video in Israel. I'm here, thank God, celebrating the birth of a new grandson. A couple nights ago, it was late. I hadn't yet said the evening service, Marav. So I went and found the midnight Marav minion in Jerusalem. It was great. We were praying up a storm. And I finished, others finished our private Shemona Esrei, the Amida. And we're waiting for the Chazan, the fellow leading the prayers, because we can't finish without him. A minute, two minutes, three minutes. Finally, it's like five minutes, and he's still going strong. And people are getting very upset. And then guys started leaving. Fortunately enough stayed. We still had a minion at the end, so he was able to say Kaddish. But the whole service took about half an hour. It's supposed to take 10 to 15 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. I didn't leave because I figured it was the right thing to do, was to stay. And I thought, it's a nice lesson. I watched him. He had his finger on the place and was moving it very, very slowly. And I was thinking, I should be a little more patient. I should take my time. I should be a little more thoughtful and deliberate have a little more intensity and concentration in my prayers. And I thought, it's a great lesson for this week's Torah portion, because look what happens. The water dries up in the wilderness, and the people complain to Moshe and to Aaron. God tells Moshe, don't worry, talk to the rock, it'll bring forth water. But Moshe gets upset, he hits the rock. God says, as a result of this infraction, you're not gonna be able to lead the people into the Holy Land. But take a look at the passage just before that scene. We're told that Miriam, Moshe and Aaron's sister, had died. They were sitting shiva. Now the people had a very reasonable request. You need water in order to live when you're out in the wilderness or anywhere. But they could have, they should have been a little more patient. Sat down, selected one dignitary, one person of refined character traits. 
to go into the Shiva tent, to comfort Moshe and Aaron, commiserate with them, offer condolences for himself and for the nation. And then on the way out, oh, by the way, the well that for the last 40 years was providing water and the merit of your wonderful sister, the righteous Miriam, it dried up when she died. And so could you perhaps put in a request with God to bring some more water? Had they done that, maybe Moshe wouldn't have gotten angry. Maybe he would have spoken to the rock. Maybe he wouldn't have been punished. And maybe he would have been able to lead the Jews into the Holy Land. And maybe Mashiach would have come and we'd all be here in Israel together. When things don't go your way, they weren't supposed to go your way. God runs the world. Just take a deep breath. Be patient. Roll with it. Go to plan B. When somebody insults you, take several deep cleansing breaths and stop instead of immediately retaliating. A little patience can prevent so much friction, so many fights. A little bit of patience can go a very, very long way.
JM and the AM with uh, Eitan Katz. That's Lule uh, from the Truma album. Uh, before that, you heard Me'en Olam Haba off the Truma album. Very into that collection of music recently. I hope you don't mind that Eitan Katz has been getting a lot of playing time. Or I should say a lot of playtime. Airtime, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> this is a basketball game. Airtime is the word. Uh, I want to thank Harry Rothenberg for his words about Parshas Chukas, and thank you all for tuning in. It's JM and the AM, halfway through a Friday broadcast as we get ready for a uh, an Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas. Outside of Israel, we read Chukas. Candlelighting time at 8.09. 8.09 is candlelighting time in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are, and thanks for listening in from around the world. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, let's see, what do we have here? Um, listener Schviggers says, Boker Tov from sunny South Florida. Between your Friday program and the Arab Shabbos mix, one can't help but be inspired. Thank you. And I love that the app follows me wherever I go. Best way to spend the day. Thank you. Thank you. Schvigger one coming through with a great early morning comment on a Friday here at JM in the AM. Um... Oh, wow. Got a great note from Norman Gilden. Norman, thank you so much for tuning in. Great comment on the app and much appreciated. Thank you very much. Wow. JM in the AM as we continue on a Friday era of Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is going to join us. Rabbi Yudin, of course, with words about Parshas Chukas. Full schedule, my gosh. Listen to the lineup that uh, Naomi Nachman has this morning. She's going to be speaking at 9 a.m. with um, Chaya Suri Leitner from Spice and Zest, Chef Yo Schwartz from Kosher, or K-O-S-H Kosher, Malky Hirsch from Kiss the Kosher Cook, and Julie Holzer from Paper and Presence. That's all happening between 9 and 10 on a brand-new table for two. Thank you, Naomi. Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zomik happens at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. I uh, told you about Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. JM Sunday with Matis and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Excuse me. Tomorrow night, it's Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler on, uh, on um, Saturday Night Seagull. Matis, JM Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time with Rabbi Goldwasser, part of it. Also want to thank and give a tip of the hat to Hannah Julian. Uh, Matis made sure to mention her rightfully so. On Sunday when I was on the air, um, she provides the news broadcast, the newscast, every single Sunday during JM Sunday. Uh, yet another reason why you should tune in on Sunday as well, not just the other five days of the week. And um, I want to thank her. I want to thank her for being a part of the majority of the 500 shows that Matis has done and giving everybody a really good early Sunday morning look at what's happening in Israel over the last few days. So thanks to Hannah Julian. From all of us here at JMAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up. Here's Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora. Not about the notes that we play anymore 
As long as the feeling gets through It's not about battles we fight anymore Unless they're the ones within you Hashireinu Hashem Eilecho venashuvo I 
Eitan Freilich with Yom Zali Yisrael and Shiru Lashem. Before that, Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora with the Kedem selection here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting in New York is 809. Make sure you know things start where you are. Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas, at least outside of Israel, we're uh, reading Chukas. But don't get me started on that topic, of course. <laughs> JM and the AM with a reminder about our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you'd like thousands of articles... Excuse me, if you'd like thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos regarding Israel and the Jewish world, so that you you can become even more and more better informed this weekend, go to jewishworldview.com, jewishworldview.com. They've got plenty of categories and thousands of articles to keep you entertained and informed. Go to jewishworldview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Appreciate that very much. Uh, one of the reminders um, about what happened uh, on the 4th of July, Highland Park, Illinois, is that uh, we often focus on the uh, targeted attacks against our community. Sometimes members of our community are simply uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time when one of these mass shootings takes place. And I really don't have anything more to say about it because it doesn't relate directly to our community. But I think we should at least mention that uh, uh, there were people that um, that are, are familiar to uh, 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 people in the general Jewish community who were victims this past 4th of July. And it seems like nobody in this country is immune to the possibility of, uh, God forbid, uh, being a victim in one of these mass shootings. And well, the fact that the majority of the victims were Jewish, um, you know, it's not escaped public attention. And uh, I actually had met one of the people who was killed when I, I spoke there at, at the synagogue where they worked. And this is, um, anybody who doesn't understand how serious all of these incidents are, what connections he has and whether there's an anti-Semitic motive, I think, you know, he's had to be determined. Um, it doesn't appear that, you know, that's how it started out, but certainly the net result is of great concern. And overall, the crime and the victimizations are, are horrific. I mean, this little kid with a, left as an orphan, 
really heartbreaking. Yeah, and well, in general, as you say, people around the world may not realize. Maybe people around the world do realize. World is so small right now. Uh, what the uh, crime situation is in general here, whether we're talking about mass shootings or not, and <coughs> sometimes you have to just uh, take pause and uh, and thank the one above that you're able to make it through the day. Frankly, with the way things are going in so many major cities and other areas of the United States at this point, uh, we'll get to what's happening in Israel. But first, let's concentrate on some of the things going on around the world. Uh, was the was the former prime minister of Japan a controversial figure? Uh, is it uh, a surprise that uh, somebody would want to take his life? It's a very big surprise that somebody would take his life. Obviously, he didn't have that much protection. And, in, you know, handguns are banned in Japan. And so it's, um, it's uh, this kind of violence is, is unusual. And the, um, he was not that controversial. Actually, he was considered very successful. He was the longest-serving prime minister of Japan. He had served twice, I think, in 2006 to seven, and then another stint till 2012. Um, so he was, uh, and he was considered a popular figure. And he was out campaigning. He was, uh, yeah, he was. He was very pro-American. You had met him, right? Am I correct about that? This, no, I, I actually did meet him, but that's not not the one that I had the famous meeting with. No. Right, but I think you had mentioned at some point that this one specifically you had a, you had come across. Yes, I had met him when he was visited in America. Um, it, the, what is your reaction? It seems everybody out there wants to know, at least those in contact with me before the weekly update, to the resignation of Boris Johnson and what effect will it have on the relationship between Great Britain and the United States? And is there, is there an Israel or a Jewish piece to all of this? Yeah, every element of instability that... Um, is added to the current situation, not only in England and Europe as a whole, even though they're not part of Europe now. Uh, this is another blow coming after what happened in France, where while Macron won, he lost control in the parliament, uh, Merkel being out and being replaced by um, let's say a much weaker uh, personality, and Douglas Johnson, who was um, certainly pro-Israel and uh, one of the remnants of the group that had formed the uh, of leaders who were willing to stand up for uh, for their positions, uh, I think his loss could be uh, could have serious implications. We have to see it with time um, who they, who they replace him with uh, and what the nature of the next government will be. There there were a lot of friends in in this government, but the the new government is certainly undetermined. It's too early to tell. But I, I think the instability in Europe should be of concern to everybody and it's um you know it's reflective of what's happening in many parts of the world and even in our own country the political instability the the divisiveness the um you know the feelings of about leadership and stuff that that we hear every day it undermines people's confidence and you know the situation i think became untenable in england for him after the series of incidents and scandals is it only because of social media and the fact that it seems that everybody knows everything that's going on uh, in, the, uh, in the lives of these political leaders? Um, I mean, 100 years ago, were there times when you know, people would be speaking on the air, and of course I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, 
and and they'd be analyzing how there's a lack of leadership or a lot of instability or you know surrounded by scandals. Is this only an outgrowth of the close proximity of the uh, of the regular citizen to the leaders because of what's happening with social media and the invasion of uh, of everybody's life, especially the public figures' lives, um, on a regular basis. Well, I think the influence of the internet is pervasive. As I've said, whether it's the spread of anti-Semitism, whether it's the political instability, extremism, uh, but you know, you remember the Ides of March. You remember that there's a long history where they didn't have internet, you didn't have anything, and you had intrigues and you had assassinations throughout history and the decapitations of governments and even of people. Uh, so I think that this is part of the political process from time immemorial. But I do think that the internet exacerbates things and highlights things that would perhaps not have been caused in the past. There's just such a skepticism about the quality of leadership right now, at least in, in you know, the, the countries that we follow mainly. And I, I wonder if we're just, you know, if it's just, you know, the luck of the draw that once in a while you get an effective leader who's able to change things and able in a positive way and able to have the, uh, uh, the best interests of the people and, and the faith of the people. Uh, behind them. It just seems we're we're longing for that at this point. I do think that there is a longing for leadership. The um, If you look in our own country, the issues on crime, on, on virtually every issue, the, the, and then the political divisiveness is dominating the discussions of issues and the loss of the political center, which I talked about, as you know, on here for many years and warning that the model of what happened in Europe comes here, uh, has come here, in, in spades, I do think that the um, that it's a global phenomenon, and what worries me is that somebody who offers simple solutions, a good demagogue, would gain broad support. People are hungry for leadership; they're looking for somebody to follow, and I think that that, that the vacuum can be filled by forces, as we've seen in the extremist parties and. Great Britain on the extreme, in France on the extreme left, extreme right, and elsewhere. Corbyn, um, thank God, was not that kind of a figure, but he certainly took all those extreme positions. And we will have to see how the voids in various countries uh, are filled. And often it results in countries going on their own. And frankly, in the Middle East, for instance, it benefits Israel because it, they, the countries in the region do not rely on Europe, the United States, and others, and therefore turn more internally and regionally, and uh, you see that in the last weeks, the exercises Israelis were in Morocco for the Africa Lion, uh, U.S.-led military drill, the, the joint coalitions that are being formed in the Red Sea, the joint exercises that take place so often now that they're hardly mentioned, and you can have seven, eight, nine countries, Arab countries with Israel, joining together, and, and it's become so commonplace, something that was unthinkable not long ago, and I think it is because people are, uh, countries are looking to solutions, new directions, new ways of addressing it, concern about China, concern about Russia, concern about Iran, and, and the other forces that are at play. And the, the biggest demonstration of that is that, as I've said many times here, and again, we saw this week more steps towards the loss of South America as a whole continent, virtually. Unbelievable. Um, moving to, to the Middle East for a moment, the, um, the trip, the, uh, the trip that President Biden 
is scheduled to take. Is it still on schedule? Is it still happening uh, on the dates that were originally announced? As, uh, yes. They already started doing briefings, and they are going. It's a very brief trip. I mean, he's he's going to be a day and a half in Israel. He's going to Ramallah and then flying off to Saudi Arabia. He'll be meeting the GCC, the Gulf Cooperation Council. What other meetings is still not clear, whether he has direct meetings with um, the king and, and MBS or, or not. I think he will, and we will have to see whether he is, is going to press the energy issue uh, or cooperation in, in other regards, and certainly Iran is going to loom large over that those visits. And he'll be meeting with a new prime minister of Israel. He will be meeting with the interim, the acting prime minister, interim prime minister of Israel, um, who will be in office until November 1st at least, and then we'll see what the outcome of the elections are. And it's a you know great stage for him. He'll be meeting with Bennett and Lapid together. Um, as uh, uh, Bennett remains the alternate prime minister, and he will be meeting with uh, other leaders. Um, uh, Mr. President Herzog's giving him the presidential medal, and there'll be uh, I mean, are too many public events, and he will you know be having uh, he's going to meet Netanyahu as well. According to the latest polls, Netanyahu actually could put together a uh, a coalition, a ruling coalition, if in fact he's going to be running on this uh, on this late in November's uh, November first election. Uh, I know that you're always skeptical when it comes to polls, especially this far in advance. But boy, that's got to give him a tremendous boost that that the numbers right now work out the way they do. It, well, if he gets him to sixty one. Uh, how stable that is, you know, no one knows, and how over time we have to see if the pattern continues. But certainly people want stability. They don't believe that this election will yield stability. Overwhelmingly, Israelis don't believe that, I think, um, and still see that uh, they will have to be cobbled together, and whether it's uh, right-leaning or centrist or center-left or center-mixed um, coalition is really unclear, and it's certainly far too early, and so we know Israelis tell the truth to pollsters and then light the polls. So predictions usually come out wrong. Um, but it, it, the fact that during the trial with everything else and the, the media clearly going after Netanyahu uh, on a sustained basis, people would like to see a, a strong leadership, whether they, if somebody else replaced Netanyahu and built a, a right-wing coalition, some say would even be stronger but it's hard to tell that he is, he is considered a leader and he has a strong personal following. Should be very interesting. This campaign really won't get into any serious campaigning until after Labor Day, I guess, right? Until everyone's That's back. That's always the case, exactly. They, they wait till, and because of the Chagim, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it'll be difficult. But, uh, you know, everybody's campaigning all the time in Israel, as they are here, by the way. It was true in America, too, that the American campaigns during the summer used to be very low-key. It's not the case now. Uh, we already see ads. We see, you know, people stopping uh, all over for, in, in especially the congressional races. Because in August, people should remember there is a primary in New York for the congressional seats, and there are some important races. Um, but in Israel too, and, I, and people in Israel are exhausted of the elections. You know, they're tired of them. Now we have a 24-hour news cycle, and now we have a 12-month campaign cycle, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is funny because, as you just pointed out, the summer used to be a really quiet time. Although, if you really want to see this in full action, if you want to be, uh, you know, see how the campaigners and the politicians really 
uh, do all of this in earnest, uh, be in Israel, I guess, a couple of weeks after Simchus Torah, because those last two weeks before the actual election, I can only imagine how heated it's going to be and how passionate it's going to be. And uh, again, if people who like who like uh, that spectator sport will find it intriguing. What do you think of this? Um, you have to see how many politicians show up at Kafas, and then you'll know. Yeah. How many people show up? What? <laughs> And I cover oh, political right. leaders. That's correct. <laughs> For those who think that religion and politics doesn't mix, uh, <laughs> that is incorrect. Um, what do you think of this conclusion by the United States that the uh, that the Al Jazeera journalist was in fact killed by Israelis, but uh, killed by accident? Um, I think that that is the general conclusion. Uh, they, but they did say that it's inconclusive, and there are people who say that. They didn't, the bullet was too damaged to really know uh, some of the Israeli analysts. But uh, the key question is, you know, she put herself in a position of danger. It's, nobody wants to see journalists killed, and it's tragedy that someone gets killed and uh, is not involved in a, in a conflict situation. But when you, you know, go to the front line, journalists are killed frequently, uh, and there are rules of law. People try to protect uh and, and, and journalists and others who cover uh, war situations. Uh, it's funny that and I tell people, do you know who Shireen is in audiences? And, you know, m- most of the people do. And I say, can you name another journalist who was killed in, in action and targeted or not targeted or whatever? The answer is no. And there are thousands that were killed in, the, in recent years. So the, 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 conclusions that are being drawn. First of all, Israel was convicted before there was any investigation and I think and we don't know some people suspect, as I said, whether it's the right bullet, if it's not the right bullet, if it isn't. The United States um, appeared to try to balance its conclusions by saying that it appears that it was uh, the bullet came from Israel, although there are some who say that Israel doesn't use the weapons that this bullet came from. Uh, but I think in Israel there are also those who are concluding that it was probably from uh, the gun of an Israeli soldier, but not targeted. But if any other country was involved in an episode like this, the United States, what I think, would have preferred to have stayed out of it and would not have offered any type of uh, assistance in the investigation. Isn't that safe to say that the United States, you know, was really sucked in by the enemy to get involved in this case and to... Well, and the fact that you had a group of uh, 23 Democratic senators, I think, wrote a letter to the president demanding an investigation and... um, some even some surprising people signed on to it. Um, well, hopefully this will start to put this to rest. But as you know, they've made a, a heroin out of her pictures, painted everywhere, and they know they're onto something good to to uh, smash Israel. And the um, um, and the U.S. Played, the, the, and, and the role of Al Jazeera as an instigator is a. Its role against as CC and so many other places, you know, where they they ban Al Jazeera. Many people have said for a long time that they should ban Al Jazeera in Israel, and it's it's a propaganda machine. It's owned by Qatar and it it runs constantly the most hostile uh, stuff. And the U.S. played right into it. And what you just told us is so vital to remember that uh, plenty of Washington political figures went along with the whole thing. And as you said, some of the names that we'd uh, we'd be very surprised at some of the names who demanded that investigation 
uh, who are government officials in Washington. It's America. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web and AchimSegal.com and the AchimSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. What do you think of the Ukrainian officials who are uh, advising people not to come to Uman for Rosh Hashanah? They're not advising them; they're banning them. <laughs> I think, and uh, I mean, it's certainly not going to be good for the chant business. But uh, <laughs> it um, look, they say it's a war situation. We know that they, that that they are political manifestations that have taken place and, and uh, some anti-Semitic stuff that has gone on in Uman uh, in the past, and that there are uh, public officials there who have you know spoken out. Uh, inappropriately against the, the Jews, so this could be a, way, a leverage against Israel. You know, because they feel Israel is not supplying them with enough weapons, even though Israel has been very generous in its response. Uh, and especially when you look at the other countries in the world, and and that half the countries in the world haven't even come out and expressed support for for the Ukraine um, in in the, in the conflict, which Israel has and and has sent. Airplanes, loads of of goods and materiel, and some and defensive weapons like um, body shields, etc., and uh, helmets. But they also sent um, uh, the hospital, the field hospital, with uh, 65 doctors and nurses, which saved many lives. And the and and the amount of money that has been contributed from Israel and from Jewish communities around the world is quite astounding. And they and the fact that the prime minister or president of of Ukraine would would come out publicly and, and address a ruling by the the Supreme Court against the quotas on immigration in in uh, in Israel and any limits and not a quota but limits on immigration is also quite remarkable. Uh, so I think we have to see the context of this. Uh, I know that there was one bombing in in uh, Oman, but I haven't heard of anything since that time. Uh, so, you know, it's a complicated picture. It's not a, a simple equation. The uh, the predictions a couple of months ago was that Putin was going to have to back down and uh, and find a way to gracefully exit from this entire war, this conflict. It's now July. Is there any indication that things are either slowing down or taking a turn in one direction or another? I think I said at the time that if people know Putin, and I've met him several times, have had some really intense discussions. Um, it's not his nature to back down, and and the humiliation at home will be very great. It, it is an account that will be settled in the future. I'm not sure that he can ultimately survive the political ramifications when the body bags or the soldiers don't come back, and families see the cost of this actually. Financially, they they have weathered this much better than anybody thought, and of course, goes the price of oil going up. Russia is a major beneficiary, and we know now that one of the reasons the IRGC doesn't really want to deal in in uh, perhaps in, in the negotiations is because the oil is being exported through their region, and they get paid off for all the stuff that that goes out. Uh, so Russia still benefits it it exports through Iran uh, what to bypass the sanctions it, it's, it's seen now stealing unlimited amounts of grain from from Ukraine trying to sell it that some of it's been seized on, on, on in ships and other reports of, um, of a whole network of how they trying to export the 
the uh, grain from Ukraine that they have stolen, I guess, from in different locations and, and storage places, uh, and and the increasing uh, complication of this situation. By the way, I, one of the things that to me is astounding didn't get rec- any recognition is that Syria has recognized the Donbass in uh, uh, Lugansk as as part of uh, recognized them as independent republics. The um, uh, the Russian control of it, and I think it's a you know. It's it's a statement about Syria's relationship and the the um, the ramifications inside Syria. We still don't know about whether Russia will be able to sustain its position there, whether Iran takes advantage of it, whether the uh, we're seeing Hamas restoring its ties with Syria. If you remember, they broke during the war um, because of the the alleged Palestinian the treatment of Palestinians, but they they closed their headquarters. Their headquarters was closed in Damascus, and now they're reopening uh, those relationships and, and uh, also the meeting between Hamas uh, and Abbas this week, which again got little coverage and little little uh, notice that Abbas and, he, uh, and met for the first time in six years. Um, but uh, I think I think Putin's political future uh, has to really be a, a subject of a lot of speculation right now. As it is, people will rally behind them. They've made it a, a, a patriotic, nationalistic uh, battle. But from people that I've spoken to, experts on Russia, that do not believe it has any popular support. But people will be afraid to publicly express it. And, and you might see more of a crackdown, harsher domestic um, treatment. But I think in the long term, Putin's days may be numbered. Wow, interesting, and the, and that and that's despite the fact that it sounds like you're saying that this war could go on indefinitely, or at least for you know quite a while. I, I would think I don't, I would, I don't think it'll go on indefinitely because you know sustaining it is difficult. And you see that the uh, equipment, a lot of equipment, the Russian equipment, is proving to be fault, missing parts. The, the, all the things we talked about over time uh, continue to be to be manifest, and uh, you know, the Europeans, as a result of this, really gain independence of Russian, more independence from Russian oil, Russian uh, gas. Uh, that, too, will have a long-term implication. And the sanctions obviously have an impact, uh, but I think that they've compensated for it a lot in, inside Russia. You know, they've, they've managed to do without McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever the companies that have pulled out. They said they have substitutions. Uh, but I think there are, are longer-term implications for this that will be serious. I would imagine, my gosh. Um, people have been asking me, and not, not that we ever discuss sports, but when it comes to the political aspects, uh, I guess it's worth mentioning. Uh, people wanted to know your reaction to the Saudi Arabian entry into the United States and world golf scene, and uh, whether you um, sympathize with those participants who would like to grab the money or if you'd prefer if they uh, uh, would not take the Saudi Arabian money. To be very honest, my assessment is I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that, I mean, the issue that uh, they could offer very lucrative contracts to golf players to come and play at the same time as the, the golf association here was uh, underway and that they then banned those who participated in the Saudi games from participating here and some were willing to take uh, the risk because the payoff was uh, was sufficient. Right. 
but to be very honest, given all the other priorities that we have, I'm much more concerned about drones than golf balls. No, that I got, but I'm just wondering if, you know, when these things make the headlines, you know, you know how it is. Uh, yes, some, of some of the things that are insignificant uh, often... Sports can be very influential. Right. You're absolutely right. Exactly. So, uh, uh, but I get it. I get that it, uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, swinging things... Oh, excuse the pun. Swinging things yeah. one way or the other uh, in There's this no case. There's one here. Yeah, that's for sure. And finally, on Iran, you know, the JCPOA, I, there was another report this week. Obviously, I know you're aware of it. And it seems like it's the same press release every time. They are weeks away from enriching enough uranium to produce nuclear weapons. And it seems like it's always weeks away. Like, the, the, this is the deadline, and, and every time a report comes out, it seems to be an identical type of report. And it's sort of like, you know, it, 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 make up your minds, because if, if a few weeks ago we were weeks away, they should be at that point right now. So uh, Rob Malley, who is the U.S. negotiator for the JCPOA, was in the Obama administration and one of the primary proponents of this deal said that the meetings um, essentially did not succeed and that uh, um, used very uh, um, strong la- language uh, from about the meeting in Qatar that it produced nothing. It was essentially a waste of time. But he did say there that they have enough now for a bomb, which is not something he has said in the past. And we do know that they have enriched and they're enriching in in Fordo and in Atans, both of which the cities where they have these huge facilities, both underground, inside mountains, not accessible, close the 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 um, cameras, not giving inspectors access, plus the other facilities that we don't even know about. The um, so they are producing and they're introducing the more and more advanced centrifuges. So even if they produce and, and we make a deal. They, they have the, once you have the knowledge, your facility, they can instantly replace it. So whether you say a week away, now that's not a week away from a bomb, it's a week away from having the capacity to build the bomb. Right. And, and now, you know, they're doing a second launch of a missile, which has a cradle in it that can take a satellite. So they do it under the guise of a space program, but it's really to test the same thing will hold a bomb. That same cradle can hold a bomb. There was nothing in the cradle in, in this next launch because it's really part of their ballistic missile program, which is outlawed or sanctioned by the United Nations. Uh, clearly, IGC may not want the deal for the reasons that I explained. And we're seeing much more aggressive activity. You saw Benny Gantz talked about the, the presence of uh, unprecedented presence of uh, Iranian ships in the Red Sea, again, more than perhaps any time in the last decade. We see them hacking. They did. They attacked the light railroad, even though it's not yet operative, but they're uh, increasing the number of cyber attacks on both sides. But most of all, the, the use of, of drones by uh, Hezbollah, by others, that the, the um, they now believe Hezbollah may have 2,000 of the drones, they're capable of carrying weapons. There were two incidents where drones were flown against the rigs in the uh, the Israeli oil rigs. Uh, one, the second one, which was publicized, the first wasn't, but preceded it. But it was only one um, that uh, that attack. But it shows their uh, capacity. We saw the explosion in Parchin this week. So again, we're seeing more and more incidents and nuclear scientists in Iran who are. Um, uh, meeting uh, early demise, <laughs> yeah. and the, and then just, but people should look at the stories that came out about the amputations, 
that are being carried out. Hundreds and hundreds of people, somebody steals something, they take off their four fingers and the um, uh, 50% of all the executions in the world are taking place in Iran. They also have this majority of the political prisoners, uh, a significant number, but I think the highest percentage in the world. And the, the uh, you know, this doesn't get the kind, doesn't get coverage. People aren't talking about what uh, they're really, um, what they're really up to. And they, they supposedly arrested some people, including a former deputy head of the British mission in Tehran. Uh, and the, the fact that UK seized a warship, a ship, going to Yemen carrying advanced missiles. They're being monitored and they left a port in Iran. They didn't send it in a big ship. They send these smaller ships uh, to carry it and they seized it, uh, which just doesn't take place uh, very often. So Iran is engaging in more and more aggressive behavior there in, and it's part of the Russia-Chinese-Iran uh, exploitation in South America and its presence there, which precedes the, the other two, uh, is very expansive. Uh, so Iran is not holding back the money that they've gotten because of the oil. It's given them the price increase in the price of oil. has given them more leeway. The people are suffering. The people are starving even in places. And yet the government is able to devote all this effort and money to their aggressive behavior and support for Hamas, Hezbollah, etc. And even though the Israeli government is an interim one, I hope they're paying very careful attention to everything you just said. Well, the military is not interim, and Gantz has been speaking about it. He spoke in Greece this week, uh, uh, the Economist Conference, and spoke very strongly about this issue, especially about the Red Sea. And there's more and more cooperation, both Cyprus, Israel, Greece, but also with even Jordan joining them now. As I said, in Morocco, they exercise them, the other countries that have come together because they recognize the seriousness of the moment and the, the threat that... that um, Iran places for for everybody, and it's you know again the day to day stuff hardly gets any attention. But these are truly aggressive behavior. Well, I hope that the uh, uh, the interim government uh, has the decisiveness, and I understand what you're saying about the interim military doesn't exist. It's a permanent military, but I hope there's a you still need leadership that has the decisiveness to make a decision. And to make decisions. Yeah, when that right. decision is necessary to be made. Uh, Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. Good job, as be well. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chukas. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Chukas contains three positive mitzvos, all of which are related to the quintessential chok, the law which we cannot understand, that of the Pura Aduma. We can't understand how the same substance, namely the ash of the Pura Aduma and uh, mixed with water has the capacity to, on the one hand, uh, render somebody who is Tomei Lenefesh, who has come in contact with a dead body, gone to a funeral, been in the same room, under the same roof as the deceased. They become impure. They cannot enter the base of Migdash. They cannot partake of Korbanos. They can do everything else, but except for 
that which is related to Kutchim, and by having the ash and water sprinkled upon them on day three and day seven of their count, they then become tahor, pure, after going to the mikvah, and on the other hand, the Kohen, who administers the sprinkling, he becomes Tomei from the exact same substance for a day. Even the wisest of man, Shlomo Melech says in Koheles, I said that with the wisdom that God gave me, I can understand all of Torah, but the he, this one, is Rechokamimeni, is beyond me. Now, in this parsha as well, we have the passing of Miriam, we have the passing of Aharon. Where are we? We are in the 40th year, and it's very important for us to understand the Nitziv, who tells us that the beginning of the book of Bamidbar is dealing with the second year that the Jewish people have just celebrated their anniversary, first year anniversary of leaving Egypt. And we are in the desert in an environment of completely lamalam and ateva, uh, beyond the natural and a most supernatural environment. And now, in this week's parsha, we are 39 years later in the 40th year, and we are about to enter Eretz Yisrael. And in this parsha, we encounter May Mariva, the waters of contention. The Jewish people, after Miriam dies, are without water. They come and they uh, complain with a capital C against Moshe. How come you took us out of Egypt? How could you bring us to a place, etc.? Moshe, on the one hand, is told by Hashem, take the staff and go and speak the Dibartim Selah, speak to the rock. Unfortunately, we know Moshe, on the one hand, according to the Rambam, his sin is Shimunahamurim. Listen here, you rebels. Moshe lost his cool, something which a leader, the Rambam writes in Hilchos Deos, a person has to always keep away from anger, and even when a leader has to show anger to the people, it's just that. He has to feign, pretend that he's angry, so the people will shape up, but he cannot lose his cool. Moshe did get angry, and therefore, says the Rambam, that was the sin that caused Moshe not to enter Eretz Yisrael. However, I'd like to share with you a very, what I call an exciting nitziv, who sheds very different light on this topic. Says the nitziv, Hashem says to Moshe, V'dibartim el speak to the rock. Interestingly, the Torah doesn't tell us what it is that Moshe was to say to the rock. I can only tell you for sure it was not, quote, abracadabra. And so what was Moshe supposed to say? The Nitziv quotes the Medrash Yalkut Shimoni 
and I cite it for you. He says as follows, Shanei Olov Perek Echad, Moshe, teach the Jewish people a halacha, be it Shnayim Ochsibitalis, be it that Hasidim or Rishonim or Yeshoin Shor Achas, whatever the halacha is, a Mishnah, a Gemara, tell them Divrei Musa, Vuhu Motsi Mayim in Hasela, it's the Vidibartem, it's the fact that nature is going to respond to Torah. The Nitziv explains beautifully. We are about to enter Eretz Yisrael, and Hashem is giving Moshe the opportunity to teach the people what's going to be when Ayayay, there's not going to be rain in the land of Israel. Because unlike that which we find at the end of Parshas Ekev, whereby the Torah says that the land to which you're coming is not like Eretz Mitzrayim. This is chapter 11, verse 10 in Devarim. It's not like Eretz Mitzrayim. That Asher Tizra is Zarachah Vishkiso Baraglucha Kigana Yore. There you plant and you will have, as the water is available to you all the time for irrigation. No, the land to which you're coming, says the Torah in 11.11 in Devarim. Listen carefully. Eretz Horim Ugevoos. It is a land of hills and valleys. Limtar Hashomayim from the rain of heaven will the land of Israel drink water. In other words, the land of Israel is dependent on the rain, and the rain is dependent on man. If man is going to behave and live in accordance with the Torah, as the Torah says at the beginning of Parshas, Bechukosai, and, again, in the second paragraph of the Shema, the land is going to give, and Hashem is going to give the water, rain, in its proper time. However, if you're going to deviate and not observe Torah law, then, so Moshe was to teach the Jewish people, as we find in the Gemara Tanis, that when there's going to be a Atziras Kishomim, there's going to be the withholding of water in Eretz Yisrael, what, what are you to do? You are to gather to one place, to the Rehov Ir, to the village square, the entire community. And the Rosha'am, one of the leaders, wise men of the community, is to stand and speak before the people, Devarim Kivushim. They are to arouse their emotions and recognize that they are to dive into Hashem. They are to get closer to His Torah in mitzvos, and therefore this will ensure and guarantee their success in the land. But, unfortunately, Moshe and Aaron did not teach them this lesson. And, if you listen carefully, the fact 
that the Torah uses the exact words. Ya'an lo he'emantem bi, chapter 20, pasuk 12, in this week's parsha. Since you refrained from having sufficient belief in me, for what purpose? Lahaktisheni. Lahaktisheni, he, the Nitziv, associates this word with that which we find in Parshas Emor, V'nikdashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael. Once again, Kiddush Hashem, by showing the secret of our success in Eretz Yisrael, which is Torah. The weapon that we have that no other country in the world has, the secret of the success of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, is is uh, allegiance to Torah. And this, unfortunately, Moshe did not teach the Jewish people at this time, and therefore he received the punishment of not leading them into the Promised Land. What emerges here thereof is this very important, powerful lesson of the connection between Eretz Yisrael and Torah. Note, every time we daven with a minion, and we're privileged to say Shachris and Mincha, the Modim Durabanan, while the Shliach Sibur the Chazim is repeating the Shemona Esrei, so our rabbis taught that it's improper that he should give thanksgiving on our behalf, and we do not respond. So the rabbis instituted Modim Drabonon, the thanksgiving of the rabbis, as it's called. And what do we say? Thank you for all that you've done for us, Hashem. And what do we pray? Number one, we give thanks, Al Shechi Sonuvi Kiamtonu. You are maintaining us. So please may you in the future give us our sustenance. And Hashem, please ingather the exiles. Bringing us to Eretz Yisrael, bringing us to Yerushalayim, bringing us, please God, to the base of Migdash. For what purpose? Lishmor Chukecha Vilasos Ritzonecha. For our literally guarding, safekeeping your laws, your Chukim, your Pora Duma, and Lasos Ritzonecha, the performance of all your mitzvos. Ula Abducha, and to serve you, Hashem believe of Shalem. Right? Literally, with a complete and total heart and desire. The idea is. I don't want to say we're only practicing in Chutzla Oretz, but it's not the real deal. We see this from the Parsha. We see this in our Tfilos. Every time we daven, we are basically saying, count me in. I am ready to go. I know which is home for the Jewish people. And take a look and ask yourself, how is it that so many, Baruch Hashem, Beliyayin Hara, of our young men and women 
who go through the educational system here in Chutzla Ares, and they have not reached yet the full potential, and they go to Eretz Yisrael, and they spend a year or two and Halavai more in Eretz Yisrael, and they get completely turned around. How do you explain it? So I am saying that this transformation is because Eretz Yisrael and Torah. That is the combination. It's Ponem Chadoshos, literally. They come back, different individuals. And, like the Talmud teaches us, that Avira Da'ara Machim, literally, it's in the air. There's the Siyato Dishmaya, there's the assistance from above, which comes with living and learning in Eretz Yisrael. As Tosfo says in Bava Basra 21a, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. We're living and we see this in front of our eyes today. Wow, it's not just a nice song that we sing when we take out the, or, the Sefer Torah from the Orna Kodesh. But as Tosfo says over there, when you come to Yerushalayim, and you see the Sanhedrin, and you see the Tamid Chachomim, and you see the Kohanim. You see a Torah lifestyle. You see how much more meaningful life is when literally it all focuses around Torah. Whoa, this is transformative. All this is very clearly stated in the parsha when Moshe was to speak Torah to the rock and B'nai Israel would have learned that lesson before they even enter the land of Israel. May we be privileged to learn that lesson and to have the proper ga'agu'im, the proper longing, the proper pining, the proper desire for all of us connecting to Eretz Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Moshe Klein with Bowie Kala here on a Friday morning Arab Shabbos. You're listening to JM in the AM. And um, I want to thank Rabbi Yudin. <sighs> Amazing as usual. Not that he needs my endorsement. <laughs> uh, amazing programming all through the uh, weekend, as we've been uh, pointing out. In fact, I just, uh, I just took care of the daily thread. If you don't get the daily thread, then um, all you got to do is uh, write to Avrami. Daily thread, weekly newsletter, write to Avrami, af at nachomsegel.com, af at nachomsegel.com. Make sure to... Uh, make sure to... Um, 
take the app with you. Very hard not to take the app with you if it's in your phone. But no matter where you're going this summer, make sure you have us, the NSN app, with you all through the day and all through the week. Speaking of week, book week has begun. Book week number 20 has begun with our friends at shopeichlers.com. Relax and rejuvenate while enjoying your favorite books. They have amazing delivery, as we know, to the immediate New York and New Jersey communities and neighborhoods, but they have speedy delivery to the Catskills and the continental United States as well. Book Week is on. The summer sale is 15% off, 15% off now through the 17th of July. Go to shopeichlers.com, shopeichlers.com, use promo code radio. Shopeichlers.com, again, shopeichlers.com, use promo code radio. They've also established a promo code of summer 2022. It's Book Week, number 20 now through the 17th of july um for shopeichlers.com and uh, make sure to uh to take advantage that's right book week 2.0 maybe that's how we should say it right book week 2.0 with 15 percent off on everything relax and rejuvenate while enjoying your favorite book speedy delivery to the catskills and continental u.s plus of course a same day delivery to so many neighborhoods and communities uh, in the New York, New Jersey area through the 17th of July. It's Book Week 2.0. The big summer sale is on shopeichlers.com, shopeichlers.com, 15% off. Make sure to use promo code radio, 15% off. Make sure to use promo code radio. Book Week 2.0 is on. Make sure to head to shopeichlers.com. More coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning edition of JM in the AM. <laughs> I thought it was uh, Book Week number 20. But it was actually Book Week 2.0. All right. At least we got it straight eventually. Uh, don't forget that Naomi Nachman has a Table for Two presentation, which is brand new. Brand new Table for Two. Coming up uh, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Pretty amazing, huh? Um, let's see here. Starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Naomi Nachman with uh, Chaya Suri, uh, Chaya Suri uh, Leitner from Spice and Zest, Chef Yos Schwartz of Kosh Kosher, K-O-S-H Kosher, Malki Hirsch from Kiss the Kosher Cook, and Julie Holzer from Paper and Presents. It's all happening on Table for Two at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 10 o'clock, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. That's happening starting at 10 a.m. Arab Shabbos music mix presented by Kedem all day long. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis. Early Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned into all of our amazing programming all through the weekend. You'll be glad that you did. That I can tell you. More coming up here, Zusha. <laughs> Thank you. 
and pray some will wave a big white flag screaming with surrender some quit calling it a day just keep on moving rolling 
it on Don't stop for the ocean don't stop, don't stop. Keep on moving, waters fade away Keep on moving, roll it on Don't stop for the ocean don't stop, don't stop. Keep on moving till you find your way Just nothing about survival Some say Doesn't really pay Some hold on tight Screaming Can't change my nature Some say We just can't find our way Just keep on moving Roll it on Don't stop for the ocean stop, stop, stop. Keep on moving Waters fade away Keep on moving Roll it on Don't stop for the ocean stop, stop, stop. Keep on moving till you find your way Crashing, but we're coming in Got my eye on the prize, won't stop for the lies I'll be running down this path till they open my eyes Clouds are dark, I can't see a thing But I wait to see the light that my faith will bring Every swing is a home run Here's what you gotta know Before we get started You win some, you lose some There's pretty, there's gruesome There's lows and there's highs Hellos and goodbyes You win some, you lose some There's pretty, there's gruesome There's ups and there's downs Don't turn around If you hear me singing this song You know that I'm trying All I've got's this promise to keep fighting I don't have a pretty picture trophy smiling If you hear me singing this song You know that I'm trying 
with the eighth day, Lo Alecha, here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting at 8.09 in New York. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas. We read Chukas outside of Israel. Make sure you know when things start where you are in this summer Friday as we get set for um, the final week before the three weeks. Yeah, this season is uh, going to come to an abrupt halt next weekend because Shabbos Shabbos is a week from Sunday. We get into the three weeks format and then into our uh, post Nachamu era and then, of course, into the holiday time and uh, get set to start the brand new season. Wow. Sometimes it uh, just creeps up on you like this. Wow. <laughs> plenty to do, plenty to take care of. And uh, hopefully we'll just continue with amazing programming for you every single day right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. That's our intention. And I certainly hope that you'll join us every single day that's for sure time to take a job is with journeys at jam in the am Another week's gone by Become a man 
My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JMNAM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, thank you. Brand new table for two with Naomi Nachman is next. Stay tuned. 10 a.m. for Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Our Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem all through the day. Great way to prepare for Shabbos. Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami and with Abra Eliezer's Wickler. And, of course, Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday. I speak to you Monday morning. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Until... 
Next week, Malcolm Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. 